Ron Elving, I will put to you the question I put to Michelle. Did you learn anything new today? What was your top takeaway? Top takeaway, I think, is impressionistic. Uh, This was a witness the Republicans would just as soon not have had. They said several times she hasn't witnessed anything that's material fact to the charges. She didn't see any bribery. She didn't see the president commit any crimes. Why is she here? And so they had a hard time questioning her and spent most of their time with various means of embarrassing Chairman Schiff, Uh, reading statements that he had made at one point or another about bringing the whistleblower in to testify, which is not going to happen. Which he now says should not happen. And which he now says should not happen. Exactly. And so they repeatedly read headlines and stories from various media quoting him back in September when he was saying that the whistleblower would. So there was a lot of that sort of thing, and there was a a, a lot of re-emphasis, if you will, of the distance between this ambassador and President Trump so as to suggest she really would not be in any kind of a position to really be a meaningful witness. So why are we here? Tim Mack, do you want to take a swing at this one? Your top takeaway from today, or did you learn anything you didn't already know? Yeah, well, we had a, I have a few kind of takeaways. I mean, we learned that the bottom line of the Yovanovitch testimony which is that, in her view, these corrupt foreign interests used a back channel to remove her uh, based on disinformation. Now, Republicans said that she was dismissed <clears throat> before the alleged leveraging of U.S. foreign policy for these uh, investigations into the Bidens. So it's fair to ask, hey, why bring her in at all? Um, her testimony kind of illustrates this irregular channel of foreign policy, which was established by the White House, and how it gradually displaced the more formal channel, which she is part of. It's through this irregular channel that the president is alleged to have leveraged foreign policy for personal or political gain. And I think ultimately, the ambassador does believe that the president has the right to remove her from her post. But that's not what she objected to. Here's what she said. I um, obviously don't dispute that the president has the right to um, to withdraw an ambassador at, at, at any time for any reason. Um, but What I do wonder is why it was necessary to smear my reputation. You know, so she was this this credible and competent and professional person who appeared before the committee. And ultimately, she just, uh, you know, testified about how she felt threatened when she read that July 25th phone call transcript when the president said she's going to, quote, go through some things. I want to play just one more cut of tape to the point that you and Ron Elving have have made about that uh, the, the angle that we heard from a lot of Republicans questioning there were trying to undermine her credibility as a witness. This is one telling exchange between the top Republican on the committee, Devin Nunes and Yovanovitch. Were you involved in the proposed Trump Zelensky, later Pence Zelensky meetings in Warsaw, Poland on September 1st? No, I was not. Did you ever talk to President Trump in 2019? No, I have not. Mick Mulvaney. No, I have not. Thank you, Ambassador. Uh, I'm not exactly sure uh, what the Ambassador is doing here today. Uh, This is the House Intelligence Committee that's now turned into the House Impeachment Committee. All right. A memorable line there from Devin Nunes. Uh, Let me turn back to you, Tim Mack, and wonder if you would give us a little bit of a preview, because here we sit on Friday afternoon, but there is lots more coming next week. Right. It's an action-packed week. We have eight witnesses that are scheduled to appear before the House Intelligence Committee. I'll tell you who I'm most interested 
in hearing from. I mean, there will be Lieutenant Colonel Alexander Vindman. He's uh, a National Security Council aide and a current active duty military officer. He was on that July 25th call and and was very alarmed by it. So I'd be interested to hear from him in a public setting. Just to stress, it's fascinating that this week, next week, we're hearing from a lot of people who work inside this administration currently. These are not all former officials. Go on. Absolutely. And uh, it's going to be interesting to see what he has to say as a uh, current National Security Council aide, who has to, by the way, uh, go to the White House every day and continue to do his job, even as this impeachment inquiry happens. He's expected to testify next Tuesday morning. Uh, I'm also really interested in hearing the testimony of U.S. Ambassador to the EU, Gordon Sundland. He's expected to testify on Wednesday. A big question about uh, about his testimony will be this call that Ambassador Sondland apparently had with the, <clears throat> excuse me, with the president um, after that July 25th phone call that's now been so famous. Michelle Kellerman, how about you? I imagine you are also anticipating that. Just in terms of the substance of what we may be getting into with the witnesses next week, what are you watching for? Well, there's even more depositions that are going on. Um, I and mean, the behind closed doors, exactly. private sessions. Yeah. Um, including um, what Tim was just mentioning about this um, phone call, this on a cell phone at a restaurant in, in Kiev. Uh, Ambassador Sondland was talking on the phone with um, President Trump and um, – We've now learned that actually two State Department officials um, from Embassy Kiev were there and overheard what Trump was saying. Uh, One of them, David Holmes, is testifying behind closed doors this afternoon, um, right after this Yovanovitch public hearing. Um, There's also going to be some depositions um, for the first time, an official from OMB, because that's a key. The Office of Management and Budget. Exactly. Mm -hmm. That's that's kind of been a key missing element here um, because the White House has not cooperated with this. Um, All of those who have testified have said that the that the um, security assistance to Ukraine was put on hold on the orders of President Trump. No reason given just on the orders of President Trump. And meanwhile, the whole interagency process, as they call it, you know, the Defense Department, the State Department, the NSC, everybody was supporting this aid. So that's going to be a key question is, um, you know, what under what orders that was put on hold? Were there any reasons given? Right. Um, If you're trying to follow the money, it's the guys at OMB who, who can give us maybe some insight into what exactly happened and on whose orders. Exactly. So that's something to to watch. And that'll be over the weekend and then leading into the public testimony next week. Which will go again next week. Ron Elving, uh, what are you watching for? Watching to see whether or not all of this narrative can be held together by some sort of interwoven phraseology or something that links it all together so that the pieces fit and the puzzle looks like a picture. That's going to be tough because a lot of this gets pretty technical. It gets a little bit obscure. It happened over a period of time. It happened in different countries. You've got a lot of different witnesses providing small pieces of it. And what we saw this week was a framing in some respect and also an introduction to some of the characters. And and that was primarily what we saw today was uh, getting a sense of why this was uh, disturbing to folks in the Department of State and why it was disturbing to people in our embassy in Kiev and why this has suddenly apparently bubbled up to the point where a whistleblower from the intelligence community blew the whistle and got all of this started. 
And uh, in the minute or so we have left, do we have any better sense, Ron, of the the big picture timing, how long this might all be unfolding for? There was a point at which there was a hope that it would wrap by the holidays. Not looking so good for that. Wrap perhaps still in the House. It's roughly the timing we saw in 1998 with the Clinton impeachment where the committee got going in October and in November, uh, right after the election, they issued the articles of impeachment, and they had a vote in mid-December to impeach the president. That's still not unimaginable at the pace they're going right now. Probably more likely it's going to bleed over into January a little bit before we even get to the Senate, which will have a trial that could go on for weeks and weeks. Right. Mitch McConnell, the Senate Majority Leader, has not been willing to put a clock on that. So so we shall see. Watch that space, as we say. Well, NPR will be bringing you full coverage of those hearings, and we hope that you will stick with us throughout this afternoon and this coming weekend. We'll have lots more analysis of what we have heard today. I'm going to give a big, huge shout-out to all my colleagues who have been here helping make sense of it. We heard from Senior Washington Editor Ron Elving, Diplomatic Correspondent Michelle Kellerman, Reporter Tim Mack, and earlier we were joined by Congressional Correspondent Susan Davis and Political Editor Domenico Montanaro. I am Mary Louise Kelly. This has been special coverage closing out this first week in open testimony in the impeachment inquiry from NPR News. And excuse me. And you've been listening to uh, WJFF's uh, uh, coverage of uh, we've been carrying the NPR coverage of the uh, impeachment hearings uh, today, as we did on Monday, giving you the uh, full giving you the full text of all of today's uh, astonishing testimony uh, in Congress. Uh, If you uh, appreciate this radio station, we thank you very much uh, for uh, listening today and we hope that uh, you have enjoyed um, getting uh, this connection to your community members to your government um, to that all of that all of the issues of the day through your community radio station Uh, your station uh, is uh, your your station WJFF Radio Catskill is proud to bring this to you Uh, we're going to go to this way out now in progress and then uh, we'll get all things considered in just a little bit thank you very much for listening to WJFF Candidate promoting Victory Fund, the November 5th results brought the total number of out trans elected officials nationwide to 23. The City Council of Indianapolis, Indiana, saw the re-election of one openly gay member and the addition of two new gays and a lesbian to its ranks. Or, as the Victory Fund described it, a rainbow wave came crashing into Mike Pence's backyard on election night. The queer advocacy group says that almost 100 openly LGBTQ candidates on state and local ballots were elected. If you're interested in reviewing the lengthy but comprehensive list of winners, log on to victoryfund.org. But there's a worrisome addendum to the good election news. According to a report this week by MarketWatch.com, One in five LGBTQ adults in the U.S. is not registered to vote ahead of what could be the most important national election of our time in 2020. The UCLA-based queer think tank, the Williams Institute, released a study saying that about half of LGBTQ-identified registered adults are Democrats, 15% are Republicans, and 22% identify as independents. However, 21% of all U.S. LGBTQ adults are not registered to vote at all. If you're in that latter group, drop everything and go to vote.gov and register now. That's News Wrap 
Global Queer News with Attitude for the week ending November 9th, 2019. Follow the news in your area and around the world. An informed community is a strong community. News Wrap is written by Gray Gordon, edited by Lucia Chappell, produced by Brian DeShazer, recorded at the studios of KPFK Los Angeles, and brought to you by you. Help keep us in ears around the world at thiswayout.org, where you can also read the text of this newscast and much more. And you can listen to News Wrap each week by subscribing to our This Way Out Radio YouTube channel. For This Way Out, I'm Sarah Sweeney. And I'm Tanya Kane Perry. Hello, I'm Tab Hunter, and you're listening to This Way Out, the international radio show for all of our sexually diverse communities. So much cooler There's nothing cooler than the world's only international LGBT radio magazine. Unless it's thiswayout.org. At thiswayout.org, you'll find program information, related videos, expanded features, news wrap transcripts, and CDs and downloadable material. It might not be cooler than radio, but there's much more This Way Out at thiswayout.org. And now it's time for another special feature. Oh my. An offbeat DJ known as Dr. Demento became legendary in the U.S. for raising audio kitsch to an art form. Enter Nurse Pimento, the late gay activist and radio producer David Fradkin. David added his own kind of spice to pursuing the peculiarities of popular culture. Here's a golden oldie music and comedy confection that David liked to call Stranger Than Straight. Hi, I'm Nurse Pimento. We are Calcubet, filled with college pep. Bring him on, we cry. D-I-D-I-D-I. I'm a private duty nurse specializing in bringing sunshine and happiness into your living room, dining room, or whatever. As I live and breathe, a fairy. Cool it, Jiminy. Just for you, I come bearing strange and wonderful medicines, off-the-wall, tongue-in-cheek music and performances with gay references. These medications go down quite easily, and according to the indications on the labels, they are guaranteed to maybe even outrage. I never said a guy who wears glasses is a queer. A guy who wears glasses is a four-eyes. A guy who is a fag is a queer. So just sit back and relax as we enter the world of Stranger Than Straight. 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 There have been suggestive hints all through our cinematic history in regard to homosexuality. Most have been in a comedic sense. In Some Like It Hot, Jack Lemmon's revelation to Joey Brown that they couldn't get married brought on a deadpan response. But you don't understand, Osgood. Uh, I'm a man. Well, nobody's perfect. Other stars have appeared in films and drag. Who can forget Marlena Dietrich in a top hat and tail singing a love song to Lily Marlene? Or Ray Bulger seducing college professors in Charlie's Aunt? Or Stan and Ollie playing each other's wives? Well, as far as Groucho Marx was concerned, he was warned. How I got started in show business. I saw an ad in the morning world, which uh, doesn't exist anymore. And hardly do I. (laughs) (laughs) The ad said boy wanted to sing. 
I ran all the way from 93rd Street, where I lived then, to 33rd Street, and ran up five flights of stairs. I knocked on the door, and a man came to the door wearing a woman's outfit. Not entirely, just lipstick. And I realized that that was the profession that I wanted to enter. Keep it gay, keep it, gay, keep it light, keep it, light keep, it fresh, keep it fresh, keep it fair, keep it fair. Let, it bloom, let it bloom every night, every night. Give it room, give it air. Keep your love a lovely dream and never wake it. Make it happy and be happy as you make it. Let it sing like a nightingale in May. Keep it gay, keep it free, or you'll frighten it away. Take it easy and enjoy it while you take it. Keep it gay, keep it gay, keep it gay. Marlon Hardy's famous Babes in Toyland, made in 1936, Stan disguises himself as little Bo Peep in order to marry Silas Barnaby on the condition that if Bo Peep marries him, he will tear up Mother Peep's mortgage. The interesting element in this is not the surprise wedding. Now you may kiss the bride. But dealing with the reality of the situation after the fact. <laughs> well, goodbye. And good luck. What do you mean, goodbye? I'm not going with you. Why, no. You have to stay here with Barnaby. You're married to him. I don't want to stay here with him. Why? I don't love him. Oh. <laughs> if he ever sees... Isn't it amazing what a person could do with a record collection and a good ear for innuendos? Find a song, a soundtrack, or a comedy album, and you'll be shocked at what you can come up with. The girl that I marry will have to be as soft and as pink as a... Any filmography will have on its list a 1943 MGM musical called Girl Crazy. The entry will include the film's famous numbers, I Got Rhythm and Biden My Time, sung by Judy Garland. What you probably won't find on the entry is a song sung by Mickey Rooney. Nurse Pimento, of course, would never let such a thing escape his notice. When I was born, they found a silver spoon in my mouth. I had a barber just to curl my hair. If winter came, the mater carried me to the south. The point is that I had the best of care. 
women and head waiters fawned on me. Life was just a bore till it dawned on me that if I'd ever want to be a man amongst men, I'd have to be manhandled now and then. So treat me rough, muss my hair. Don't you dare to handle me with care. I'm no innocent child, baby. Keep on treating me wild. Treat me rough, pinch my cheek. Kiss and hug and squeeze me till I'm weak. I've been pampered enough, baby, so keep on treating me wrong. Or even Carl Reiner interviewing Mel Brooks, the 2,000-year-old man. I'm always fascinated when you tell us personal things about the great historical figures. Uh, one who intrigues me, General Custer. A fag. <laughs> now, wait a moment. Now, just a moment. I was a fag. Now, we're talking about General Custer. He was a general. Hey, I was there, Charlie. Are you saying that... The general can be a fag? He's a fag. General's a fag? All generals. All generals? <laughs> now, just a moment. That is, are you trying to prove a psychiatric point? I'm saying a man... simple truth. What, what's so hard well, to... Well, no, you say not, not all take generals. Take the Maybe one, maybe, but not all generals. Name the generals, I'll tell George you. George Washington. A fag, the biggest. General Eisenhower. A fag. General Cornwallis. A fag. General Patton. A big fag. <laughs> Now, just how could you explain that, sir? None of these men seem... We haven't any history of them being homosexual. Hey, wait a minute. Hold on. Hold on, pal. I didn't say homosexual. No. You said well, Don't get me in trouble. I don't want to get... You said these a... generals were fags. Yes, federal army generals. I didn't mean... No, I don't want to take the time on the record to... I've shortened things. Do you know any homosexuals? Maybe Custer, but I don't want to go... <laughs> You know, there were... <laughs> could have been. He had long hair and he liked nice horses. Who knows? <laughs> this section is devoted to our boys. First, a song to all our boys over there. This is a song entitled The Military Lovers. Do you love me as much as I love you? As much as I love you. As I love you, as much as I love you. Do you love me as much as I love you? As much as I love you. Dum 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 Love me as much as I love you. Yes, sir, I do. Tommy Smothers singing the military lovers. Now, Martin Mull tells us what it's really like aboard a Navy ship. Men, 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 men. It's great to be on a ship with men and sail across the sea. Oh, we don't know where we'll land or when, but it's great to be with men. It's great to be with men. Cause men can sweat and men can stink and no one seems to care. Oh, we'll throw the dishes in the sink and clog the drain with hair. Oh, clog the drain with hair. Oh, men, men, men. It's a ship all filled with men. So batten down the ladies' room. There's no one here but men. Men, 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 men. There's men above, there's men below. There's men down in the galley. There's Butch. And Spike. And Bull. And Biff. And one guy we call Sally. And one guy we call Sally. Men, men, men. It's a ship all filled with men. You'll never have to lift a seat. There's no one here but men. Men, 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 men. We're men and friends until the end. And 
none of us are sissies At night we sleep in separate beds And blow each other kisses And blow each other kisses Men, men, men It's a ship all filled with men So throw your rubbers overboard There's no one here but men And now, dedicated to our boys in politics, an excerpt from the Watergate hearings, courtesy of the National Lampoon. Now, Mr. Hunt, uh, we have evidence here that you had an intimate relationship with the unsuccessful assassin of uh, Governor George Wallace, uh, Mr. Uh, Arthur Bremer. Oh, look, I don't know how intimate it was. We slept together a couple times. All right, now, just a minute here. No big deal. From the Continental Bathhouse in New York City, it's Bing Crosby with Paul Whiteman and his orchestra. For their first number this evening, Paul and the gang give us their rendition of Oscar Levant's latest hit, Gay Love. The silvery moon finds me alone tonight with only thoughts of you. The little stars are twinkling all so bright, no wonder I am blue. Like a ray of sun with glaring light, you have brought the love that's burning. The happy spell of you now holds me tight, for you I keep on yearning. Yay, love, with your heart I will play, love, until you come my way, love. I'll be waiting for you. Your love is the kind I adore, love. Something worth living for, love. Every word, dear, is true. Your magic arms are always haunting, wanting you near to me. Your fiery eyes are so entrancing, glancing, romancing, hey, love, won't you promise and say, love, you will be mine someday, love, and that you love me Feeling better now? I'm so glad. Oh my, I've forgotten all about the time. My shift is over now, but I'm sure you're in good enough shape to take care of yourself. Remember, drink plenty of liquids and don't forget to take your vitamins. Oh, and we should thank the people who were the active ingredients in our miracle cure. Margaret Fowler and Joan Sprague for their technical assistance. And the inert ingredients should get equal time, so I'd like to thank David Fradkin for just being me. This is Nurse Pimento. I'm just a kid again, do what I did again, singing my song. When the red, red robin comes bob, bob, bobbing along. But wait, you're scheduled for a return appointment at Nurse Pimento's free clinic for... Stranger than... Stranger than straight. Come out, come out, listen on the air. Up there, down there, there is everywhere. I remember that once when I slept with a girlfriend, I had a strong desire to kiss her and that I did do so. 
Yours, Anne. You know, everyone's here frightfully gay. You know, nobody cares what people say. There's a lady in our neighborhood who runs up a All that and more next time on This Way Out. Thanks for choosing This Way Out, brought to you by the nonprofit Overnight Productions. Some program material this week came from Tanya Kane Perry and Sarah Sweeney, produced by Brian DeShazer, and from David Fradkin. Perry Como, Judy Garland, Mickey Rooney, Tommy Smothers, Martin Mull, and Bing Crosby performed some of the music you heard, and Kim Wilson composed and performed our theme music. This Way Out thanks the Kicking Assets Fund of the Tides Foundation, the Ivana Foundation, the estate of Christopher David Trentum, Richard Merck and Brad Payton of Silicon Valley, and all of the listener donors who make this program possible, including you, we hope. Look for This Way Out Radio on social media, email TWORadio at AOL.com, or write to us at P.O. Box 1065, Los Angeles, California, 90078, USA. For coordinating producer Greg Gordon and everyone at This Way Out, I'm Lucia Chappelle. Thanks for listening online at thiswayout.org and on the happy station, Paisley, Scotland, WGOTLP Gainesville, Florida, KGIGLP Modesto, California, and a wide array of community radio stations and other outlets around the world, including this one. Now y'all stay tuned. This is WJFF Jeffersonville, W233AH Monticello. You were just listening to the way, the way Out Outcasting. Support for that was brought to you by our listeners. The time now is 3.59. The temperature in the WJFF listening area is 44 degrees of fair skies. Tonight we're looking at decreasing clouds. Up next, we have All Things Considered. Then at 6, we're going over to Fresh Air with Terry Gross. But for now, All Things Considered. Support comes from Liza Phillips Design, sustainably sourced natural fiber rugs for floors and stairs. Designed in Narrowsburg, handmade in Nepal. By appointment and on the web at lizaphillipsdesign.com. Support comes from listeners and from Nature's Grace Health Foods and Deli on Main Street in Honesdale, Pennsylvania. Strengthening lives.